We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's good, everybody? Before we get into today's episode, big ups to the members of the Patreon. We have Nick Chavez, Christopher Velasquez, Daniel Gibson, Derek Pleates, Devin Rendon, Jake Powers, Corey Johnson Hoops, Ryan Pisner, and Mike Wozniak. You guys should have gotten your merch already. <clears throat> if you haven't gotten your merch, please hit me up. Please hit me up. With the exceptions being two people who joined a little bit later than everyone else, the new tier, the $20 tier on Patreon, if you are a member for six straight months or more, every six months, every January and July, winter season, summer season, you're going to get a free merch item from Veterans Minimum. So that's one of the perks if you're in the $20 tier. If you want to join the Patreon for as little as $1 a month, your support goes a long way. The total number of patrons will go up $5 a month. You get episodes early. Like moving forward, <clears throat> moving forward, a lot of these episodes are going to be long form conversations, podcasts and chills. And then you're also going to be getting one current event. What's going on in the world of sports podcast as well so for example this one with Dami who is the CEO and founder of Finney Shoes my guy Dami we connected a couple months back and then we finally put this podcast together and we've hung out a couple of times ever since and really smart dude really really savvy in the world of fashion and it was a really cool conversation and I really really enjoyed it and it was very insightful because he's an entrepreneur he's hustling he's grinding and I, I feed off that shit and I love every minute of it so the reason why I bring that up is if you remember the patreon for five dollars a month you could have accessed this episode last week as well as the six packs which more and more people are listening to and finding out about and they really really enjoy it's a patreon exclusive only I ask my guest six questions mostly rapid fire mostly them answering them but there have been some instances where I give my answers to them too. 
and every single guest has done one and the episodes range from about 10 to 30 minutes long and they're really really cool so dami's gonna have a six pack as well the ten dollar tier you get access to monthly drawings for merch contests giveaways as well and then we have a forty dollar tier which basically if you're in that you're a crazy fuck and we love it and you'll probably get my cell phone number too because my guy nick chavez we linked up when we were in vegas and I was like, yo, man, here, take my number. You're giving me $40 a month. It's the least that I could do, brother, brother. But he's, he's, he's the man. He's super chill and re respectful of the privacy as well. So that's that. That's the Patreon plug. I want to try to get to 75 by my birthday. My birthday is March 11th. The boy's going to be 30, son. That shit is trash. But we're getting better like fine wine. And a couple of more announcements. Signed up for well re-signed with blue wire for yet another year they are happy with veterans minimum i am happy with blue wire shouts to kevin man kevin jones a true stallion in the game shouts to blue wire for believing in the product and letting me do it my own way which is really really cool and my favorite thing about it is there's a lot of companies man that try to silence their content creators and make them more pc and whatnot and you know we don't say anything too outrageous but we had Dylan on the podcast a couple months ago, and he slandered about seven athletes on the show. So those guys are probably never going to come on the show, but it's all right. There's a lot of athletes out there, too. We just like to have fun, and Blue Wire allows us to be ourselves. So I'm very excited for that. We got some exciting plans moving forward as well. Friday's episode this week, Jarrell Harris from Sports Illustrated, my guy. We're going to talk a lot of NBA stuff. Send us some questions if you guys have. There's a lot of NBA that we need to catch up on. And I had Jarrell on over the summer. We did it over the phone. And that was like the first time that we interacted. But shouts to Ty, his, uh, his brother, and even Dylan, who I just mentioned now. Ty and Dylan used to work together at a hotel. And Jarrell and Ty are brothers. So we've gotten super close. So like this... This time when he pulls up to the studio, it's going to be a way better pod than it was last time. So I'm really excited for that. And last but not least, if you guys have been following me on Instagram, at The Lamb Show is where you can find me. You will notice that there is a lot of these like really well done pictures that are put together about me being in like a documentary of some kind. Right. So I'll be featured in a sports betting documentary that's coming out next week. And it's going to be sick when it does get announced if we could show that some love. And I include some of the homies, man. You know how I am. Impy's going to be featured in it. Boss is going to be featured in it. So some really exciting stuff. My favorite time of the year is the offseason for the NFL because we get to experiment. We get to get a little crazy and funky over here. So I can't thank you guys enough for the support. The feedback has been tremendous. You guys are enjoying the content as much as I am. And that's it. Thank you. Thank you all so much. There's so much more I want to tell you. But I got to keep it under wraps. So sit back, relax, podcast, and chill with my guy, Dami, from Finny Shoes. I'm working hard for respect in my city. I'm working hard for respect. Yeah. You think you got it, I got it for real. You think you got what I got. Uh. This one for those they forget in my city. This one for those they forget. This dog off the leash and it's ready to kill. Ah, yes. What's good, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Veterans Minimum. I'm your host, Nick Davis at The Lame Show, where you can find me. I have a very special guest, a classy guest, I gotta say. My guy, Dami Adepoju. Yes, sir. I crushed that, didn't I? Yes, you did. Do me a favor. Just move the mic a little bit closer to you. 
what's going on brother how are you very much just another day you know yeah I'm glad to be here thank you for having me nah man no problem we connected after i had serge and cj on the show from culture hub shout out to those guys shout out shout out to serge that's my guy you so you know you know serge right that's uh yeah. the common theme in, the, in, in this dynamic yeah common denominator so how, how'd you guys meet um, I met Serge through a uh, mutual friend. So um, uh, my my really good friend, Niado, uh, that I went to college with, um, also went to high school with uh, David, who created like um, Elite Daily. Mm -hmm. And Serge was one of the founding members of Elite Daily. So um, I became close with, with their team and like just people that, um, that started that and, you know, just being in that entrepreneurial spirit. And in that entrepreneurial world, and I get to learn a lot from them as well. So um, we connected, um, uh, yeah, and became friends. You know, we go out party together. You ain't going uh, nowhere now, though. No, 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 no. <laughs> also, Saj was actually also helping me through um, my like my oh, my early days of finish shoes with marketing and stuff because I at that at that time I I didn't really know a lot about marketing. Now I've like I went back to school to get like a marketing degree and stuff, but um you know you just teaching me or you know we get to learn from each other and, and at that point it was helping with marketing for the for the for finish shoes man those guys both cj and serge what they're doing at culture hub i absolutely love it and they're just just good dudes right like they um I've become to not, i've started not taking things for granted that other people take for granted right like i, I like to say one of my, uh, I guess, sayings in life is I take pride in things that people take for granted. And just really good dudes, man. They always look out any way that they can help. You know what I mean? I had them in here, and I really enjoyed that that episode that I did with them, too. And it, it was fun, and I'm glad to, to connect with you. We were chopping it up before we started recording a little bit. You have a very, very beautiful accent. Tell the people, like, oh, where okay. your origin is from, man. Yeah, so um, I'm already Nigerian. I uh, grew up different places around the world. Uh, traveled a lot as well um, through my previous jobs. Um, you know, Eng England, um, fr France, United States, and also Nigeria is a mix of everything. I used to speak fr French a, a lot when I was like younger, but I kind of lost it now mm -hmm. growing up because I can't speak it anymore. So it's kind of like, um, you know, a, a combination of like, my history really so like being in Nigerian and and growing up in that part of the world and I, knowing how to speak my my mom's dialect as well um, and also growing up here so um, I that's one thing I pride myself in is like knowing who I, knowing who I am and knowing my origin and knowing um, even if like uh, I stay here forever I don't want to lose that part of me you know mm. what I'm saying nah of course it's very important to remember where you came from my my father is born and raised in Greece. He uh, came over to the States in 1986. Wow. And then my mom was born and raised here, but my mom did about like 20 years of Greek school. She would go to Greek school all the time. She actually was going to Greek school, the, the after school Greek school as well, until uh, she started dating my father. And then a little bit shortly after, they got yours truly. But... Uh, yeah, man, it's important. You know, it's important to remember where you came from. It's funny. You said about French and 
you know, we, we have a common theme that we're both big fans of soccer yeah. as well. Unfortunately, we, we root for Arsenal together, and it's been, <laughs> it's been kind of a... Shout out to my Arsenal team. Yeah, know? and I saw you have the dope jersey with your name on the back, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, I love I love Arsenal. Like, um, so is that is that like your favorite sports team, Arsenal? Yes, definitely, definitely. Like, I you know my favorite one of my three favorite athletes of all time is the reason why I'm an Arsenal fan, Thierry Henry. Yeah, I love Thierry, like Henry. Like, um, it was one of the biggest reasons I became an Arsenal fan too, because growing up at his peak, he was such a very good footballer. Like, how How old are you? I'm right now. I'm 28. Okay, I'm 29. I'm turning 30 in March. Cool. So we're the same generation again. Yeah. And Henri was... He was phenomenal. He yeah. was really good. Um, Like, I follow Arsenal religiously. Like, I feel like when Arsenal lose, like, I'm in a bad mood. Oh, shit. And then when you win, I'm like, oh, yeah, let's go. Let's okay. do whatever. Like, so if you want to know what my mood is, just check the Arsenal score. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. So, so basically what you're saying is if someone wants to ask you for a favor, they should check just, what Arsenal did. Just wait when Arsenal wins before you ask me. <laughs> have you ever, have you ever gotten a chance to go watch them over there? Um, no. So like, actually, funny thing is I was, I studied abroad in England. Oh, nice. So I was there for like... Um, everyone uh, Lately, everyone that I've had on the show has been studying abroad. Uh, I wish yeah, I would so, have had that experience. So when I was in college, um, you there was a, you had to either study abroad or go on a co-op. And I actually did both because I I was so young at that point. Like I was, there's, no re- there's no reason for me to kind of rush out of college because mm. I started college very early. And like if I, I was supposed to go either tr- at training, I was like... What am I gonna do at twenty? So I end up going. I end up planning my my classes to go out study abroad and also to do like a co op during the semester. So I went to England for six months, and I did a co op in Ithaca, um, New York. But when I was when I was doing my my um, my co op, I wanted to go like to the to the games, but it was it was so difficult to get tickets because like there's people that have had season season tickets for a long time or in line to get season tickets and if you want to buy like at the box office and whatever they're so they're so expensive mm. now i'm a college kid like I, at that point i wasn't working I, yeah. I had so much so much money i can spend on stuff like that but um and then like my my college at that point was like just outside london it was like an hour train i went to university of leicester um and yeah i i never got to go to it to a game but I've been to the stadium, like I've been like just around the stadium just to check it out and stuff. And I also, you know, I've been traveling around uh, after I graduated and stuff. And I and I I, I traveled to London. I, I I almost went to a game one, at one point, but I just never. And I've never. In anyways, I've never gone to an Arsenal game. But it's on my, it's on my to do list to do in the next few years. So hopefully, after COVID is over, I'm gonna get on the plane and go to London and go to an Arsenal game. Dude, we should definitely be in touch for that because I, that's that's a bucket list of mine too, yeah. man. I want to well, go. I've seen them play though. I've seen them play uh, in United States. So like when, when they, they do the summer tours, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I actually when when Thierry Henry came over here and played for the Red Bulls, that was I remember they did a double header. It was like Tottenham, Sporting Lisbon, the Red Bulls, and. I think, oh man, don't mention sports. <laughs> and then uh, uh, an early, early Man City. This is Man City before they became the Man City that they are now. And man, I remember Red Bull Arena just being packed, and I got uh, I got really good seats, and it was an experience like no other getting to see Henri because Henri was still good. You know, I remember he went back to 
Arsenal after he was yeah. with the MLS for a little bit. But dude, I'm uh I I have no one in my family that's French. Never been there. They're my favorite international team to root for. That right. isn't Greece or the United States. You, you have to go to France or go to Paris. Like it's beautiful city. I love it every time I go. And like I I probably will get to go a lot more because of my my new job to go to to go um to go there a few times um every year. Uh I was supposed to you know be going now but because of covid I can't really travel that much but like I love being in France in general. Like even even outside of Paris like there's so many other places to go. Um you can go to the south south of France, you know, this it's like just different. It's I don't know. It's, I can't explain it, but yeah. No, nah, I hear what you're saying, man. I was actually... COVID really put a, a damper on a lot of things. I mean, the, the list of things that COVID has altered is is endless. But I had won tickets, not one, but for the Euro Cup this past summer, oh, yeah. 2020. Um, I didn't go anywhere 2019. I didn't go anywhere 2020. I mean, I went to a bachelor party, but it wasn't. It was, I didn't spend as much money as I thought. I, I also like to gamble and... The Kansas City Chiefs at the time they ended up winning the Super Bowl, and I had bet them from the summer. So the pockets are doing well. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah, the pockets are doing wow. well. So I, I had, did, I did the raffle to win tickets to the Euro Cup. And are you familiar with that process? Um, I'm, I'm a little bit familiar. You have to kind of, you have to enter to win it, and then they randomly select people. You still have to pay for the ticket, yeah. but you pay them at face value, which is completely different than yeah. buying it. So you're talking about 400, 500 times. For five hundred percent more, I think I actually, I I entered to like to get some ticket as well, but I didn't end up getting any. So the way it works is it, it's like this for the Euro Cup and the World Cup. Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar about like the Copa America and all that, but you you go to the website and you pick the city you want the game. So they give you the match day, and they'll give you the city. So it was like. Um, I believe it was St. Petersburg, Dublin, Paris, um, Milan. So like you could, because because this past Euro Cup was going to be 12 different host nations. It wasn't going to be just one host nation like it was yeah. in the past. So, dude, I mapped out a whole trip. My buddy has a his, his fiance now, or well, his wife, I should say. Um, she's born and raised in London. So the semifinals and the final was going to be in London. So I applied for tickets to that. Also, I won tickets to the semifinal. So I won like six different, six different tickets. cities. And dude, I had mapped out the whole trip to go three days in Dublin, three days in Paris, and just like wow, that would have been beautiful. The main reason why I did was you, did you get to, did you book hotels and flights? I didn't book anything. Okay, I just wanted to see if because I didn't want to book to go to Paris and then I don't get a ticket to go to mm-hmm. a Paris game. So I just waited. I applied for eight tickets. I won five of them. And the catch was you didn't know who you were going to see. So I didn't know if I was going to see Portugal versus Italy or I was going to see the Czech Republic against, I don't know, uh, Serbia. You know, like not a a big glamorous game because my buddy went to Russia for the World Cup and he got to see uh, Portugal, Spain, that game. But then he also saw, I remember he told me he saw like uh, a really shitty game. It was like. But, you know, you just never know what tickets you're going to get. And, man, I was so excited. And then before you know it, bang, COVID happened. So that got all altered. But it's a it's a bucket list of mine, man. I would love to go to a game. Soccer is my first love. 
that's the first sport that I fell in love with and I played. And we were talking a little bit before I started recording how you also played soccer too, right? You were goalie, yeah. right? Was it? Yeah, I was a goalie when I was like in high school and stuff. And I went to, so when I was younger, my high school was one of the best high schools in Nigeria. And like they would come recruit for um, like people to, to play national team, like even at youth level. So there's like been a few players actually like played at national level or played overseas um, English Premier League that went to my school actually. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so at that point they came to recruit from um from my school and I was a number one goalie and it was like under fourteen or something to go play nationally for Nigeria and go to Argentina. But my dad said I can't go, um, because he didn't foresee me being like a, a professional soccer player. So um I ended up passing on that on that like uh opportunity I should say. So the the second goalie Second goal, he went and he, he he went through the trials and stuff, and he was actually the number one goalkeeper at that age, and he went he went abroad, played for the team, but nothing really came out of it. Like he didn't become a professional soccer player or anything, which is like kind of like what my dad was trying to prevent because there's so many people that have the same goal of you know turning professional that like only few only few people make it. Like right. you know, it's sometimes it's even down to luck, um, just like you know. Uh, like just like being here playing basketball, there's so many people that can be on the team. Uh, but everybody plays basketball. Everybody wants to, you know, you know, go to Duke and be on the Duke team. But mm. like, so many people can. There's so many spot on the Duke basketball that you can feel. So, um, so I just went the uh, the academia route, I should say. You know, I was I was pretty good. I was pretty good at school and and sports. But like my dad was like, you know, safety net. Just you know, go. Get your study well, you know. Be like, be an engineer like me. So I, I went to school and studied engineering when I was for my undergrad. So, did you did you ever have resentment towards your dad for ha having him do that? No, because like looking back on a lot of people that, that, that I played soccer with, that I played, um, that that we played together. Not, I, I don't think any of them made it professional. Mm -hmm. So like, there are some people that. Were, I went to Turkey and played for a couple of years, but that like that's it. So like I, I knew I knew exactly why he didn't want me to to go that route, and like I never questioned it. Like I wasn't even like oh I'm gonna continue playing soccer or whatever. I just I kind of just stopped myself. I, I stopped playing, and I, I, you know it was and I just kind of just faced my stories and considered my stories. Yeah, man, my uh, my father played in Greece until he was 18. Then he tore his quad. And then uh, put on like 20 pounds, then started smoking cigarettes. Before you know it, two years later, he moves to the United States. But he was very angry at me when I stopped playing soccer. Wow. Because I was good, man. I was good. I was really, really good. I played defensive midfield. Oh, cool. So it was a position that everyone wants to be a forward. Everyone wants to be the number 10, right? I was very scrappy. I was very good in the air, too. Set pieces were my thing, you know, free kicks, corners. I used to score on corner kicks too. Like I was, oh. I was legit. And um, I had a big gas tank. Like I was in very, very good shape. I would, you know, the whole 90 minutes, you never were able to tell. I wasn't fast, but you were never, if you were to watch, if you're a bystander and you were to watch me play, you would never know if it was the start of the game or the end of the game. Cause I was just, where I wasn't as good as other kids. My endurance. will and my endurance always would make me better than them in the long run, right? And that's also, in a way, has kind of 
segued into everything that I'm doing now. Like me has always been like, you know, one of my, my heroes is actually Nipsey Hussle, rapper Nipsey Hussle. And his thing is, is the uh, TMC, the marathon continues. And it's like, you know, everything in life is a marathon, right. you know? Yeah. Even as a business owner or as an entrepreneur, like it's about longevity. Uh, I can't speak right now. Being in the need for the long, for the long game, right? Yeah. Like, the beginning is going to be tough. You're going to yeah. struggle. You know, you're not going to make any money. You're going to, you know, wake up Sundays like, yo, why, why am I doing this? Like, I could be doing, I could be doing so many other different things and be rich by now. Or like, if that's your goal, why are you doing it? Or like, I could be doing other things and like, you know, would have even make it much bigger. But if you have a passion for what you're doing and like, you love, you, you, you love what you're doing, then like, you stick to it and you wake up every day, even if it's mm -hmm. tough. You keep going at it, uh, but you, you can only fail so many times. At some point, you're gonna you're gonna get a yes. You're gonna you, you are going to succeed at some point. Yeah, man, it's all about perseverance, you know. And to bring it back a little bit to the to to the soccer story with me, it was I had went to Greece in 2006. This was after my freshman year of high school. I was the only freshman on my soccer team. A lot of the guys that I played with, I played club soccer with. So I never tried out for my high school soccer team. I went straight oh. to varsity. I told the coach, uh, Coach Ortiz, my, my old high school is actually uh, down the road that way. And um, ironically enough, I live closer to my high school now than I did when I actually went to high school, which is oh, crazy. Cool. But I, I, go to, I go to the coach and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm a freshman and I want to try out for the soccer team. And then the team captain was my buddy Chris, this Mexican kid. He just goes, yo, Ortiz, he, he don't got to try out. He's legit. He plays with us. Because I was 14 playing U16, U17. So, again, I was playing a position that I was very versatile. I would play left wing. Even though I was a righty, I would play forward. I'd play sweeper. But my position was defensive midfield. I, I loved it, man. I was, uh, as a freshman, I led the whole city in yellow cards. It's kind of a dick. I was, like, tackling <laughs> people. To, not dirty. <laughs> But I had a I had a tactic where I could get all ball, but I'd also lay it into you too, you know, to let you know it's an that old trick. <laughs> yeah, man, it, it was a very very skilled thing that I used to do, and my dad was upset, dude. My dad was not happy when I quit soccer because he saw it. He's like, man, you, this is like, you know, you just come off the Greece trip where we went to Greece and we were represented the United States in this tournament, and it was funny because in Greece they booed us, you know, uh, Cosmos FC from the United States. And they were like booing. There was teams from Turkey and Italy, and uh, there was a team from Argentina and from uh, Uruguay as well. There was a team from Morocco, and um, there was a team. There was an African, another African team. I think it was. It was either Ghana or the Ivory Coast. It was one of those two teams, and then there was an Asian team too. It was like a, a big event. Wow. And uh, how old? What's the? It was a U, It was a U sixteen tournament. Okay. And we had one of the younger teams. So we were all, I'd say the, the core of our, our starting 11 was all 15. But uh, it was funny, man, because I was getting looked at by some teams too and whatnot. So I'm, I sort of. So you're a prospect. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I stopped playing where like I got the cosign, right? You were talking about like hearing yes or hearing no as an uh, entrepreneur. Where me, like, I stopped and everything was going great. So my dad was just devastated. My, my coach, who, uh, my buddy Petey, his dad was our coach. He's like, man, you're stopping now, dude? Like, this is where, this is where you sort of double down. Right. But I fell in love with football, American football. 
And I can't really say that it's a regret of mine, dude, because you never know what could have happened, right? Maybe a year or two after I hurt a knee or an ankle and then it derails my whole, you just never know. But falling in love with football has sort of birthed this thing that we're sitting in now. So it's weird whenever I'm asked about one of the questions that I'm going to ask you later on the Patreon episode is, you know, what's your biggest regret in your life? Mm -hmm. I'm conflicted on whether or not I should say quitting soccer is because of what I'm doing now. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It's it's I mean, like you can it's tough, right? Like, right. Like what you're doing now, you love what you're doing. Like it's it's great. And there's so many potential for it as well. But again, like I, I honestly I can't it's 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 really up to you. Like you know? Like do you think what what do you think what would think what do you think your outcome would have been if you stayed playing soccer? So it's gonna I'm gonna sound like an egomaniac if I say I could have played professionally, but I think at the bare minimum I could have played division one soccer somewhere. Like at a high level. Like at a college. Like at a college, yeah. And then, you know, who knows? Maybe after my, my senior year of high school, I go overseas to Greece. Maybe try out on a team over there. But it's weird. I never thought about that. I, I never thought about that as far as, like, what could have been the potential. But I was, you know, I, I played a position that you would know because you're a soccer player. It's not, it's not a position that a lot of kids Dude, volunteer to. Yeah. You sort of get it's, forced to play that. Yeah, it's like it's like the dirty you know, you got to do the dirty work. Too. Yeah, you're going to score like maybe if, if I'm lucky because I would take all the set pieces. So I did have opportunities to score. And on corner kicks, if I wasn't taking the corner, I'd go up in the air, sort of things like that. But I was never like I was a box to box midfielder. My soccer, my soccer OGs know what I mean by that. But yeah, man, it's it, it's weird. It's um, I, I guess I would say that is the biggest regret. But also I'm a little bit sort of on the fence of how I feel about that. So, dude, we're about like 20, 25 minutes in, and I haven't even really mentioned like what your bread and butter is. Tell, tell me a little bit about uh, Finny Shoes, man. Where did, how did it start, the origins? Like, I, I love what you're doing as far as like doing shit your own way. You've created this pretty cool company, and you've been featured in Complex, Forbes, Ellen. That was dope as hell. Fashion Magazine, and you know now we, we got to add Veterans Minimum on that, uh, yeah. on that list. So, um, the the whole idea of Finney started as seeing an opportunity in the f fashion and footwear space that could um, could bring I could bring something new and different mm -hmm. um, because there was there was no truly vaster products in the market like seven years ago. Like now, it's like everybody wants to create vaster products. But I, when I started, when this idea actually started there was no really true versatile products in the market and my goal was to create something that people can use in different ways that can kind of go along with um your personality your outfit and can switch things around like because typically um if you buy one pair of shoes you can only wear it one way mm -hmm. my goal is to create a product that you can wear multiple ways and like goes along with whatever outfit you have or you know, if it's like oh, I'm wearing a suit or I'm wearing a jeans or if it's day night, whatever the situation is, it's a versatile product, versatile product that can, you know, fit into whatever the your, situation, style, your is. style is. Um, 
and now you see a lot of a lot of like big name brands or even like even new new shoe companies trying that versatile products because there's a market for it there's a need mm. for it and for me it's you know if you, it's seeing the opportunity in the market like seeing the opportunity like even as an entrepreneur right even outside shoes even outside like finish shoes and stuff like i'm all i'm always on the hunt to see what are the what are what are there any opportunities out there that like you know you can start a business off that people always want and that's how you really make money mm-hmm. um but yeah, um, this started like 20, 20, 2013, um, or 2012, I can't remember, 2012 or 2013. Um, that, that's when the idea started. And then I, I didn't go to school for fashion. I went to school for engineering. So it was, it was now about like, okay, how do I start a fashion company? I didn't have any fashion connects. I didn't know anybody in, that owns factory or can design shoes or, or like. Don't you feel like a lot of, entrepreneurs have that response as far as like i went to school for business i mean i I look over a contract or a sponsor sends me whatever i I know how to dissect it i don't really apply what my degree is and what i'm doing now do you feel like that's that's a common i feel as if that's a common thing that you know how much of your schooling is applied to your fashion thing um I wouldn't say zero. Like, I, I no, like- I know it's not zero. That's why I said, like, you know, I'm I'm not trying to shit on school at right. all. You know, I think I think school is very important. I think school is very important to someone to realize that maybe it's not for you. Like, I don't right. think that's a bad thing. I remember I had a I had a psychology professor that came in in the first day, dude. We it was a three hour one once a week class in Buffalo State, and he said, "Look, we're not going to talk about the syllabus. We're not going to talk about all that." He's like. Some of you guys are going to leave college realizing that this ain't for you. You're going to end up being a plumber. You're going to work at a union. You're going to be a cop. You're going to be this or that. And that's fine. Like college isn't the be all end all for you. It's what you do with it and that experience. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. Like I like what you said. Like it's what you do with it. So for me, being going to school for engineer for engineering, like a lot of some of my classes, right? It's about like, oh, there's a problem. Like, how do we fix this problem, right? It's about thinking outside the box and like trying to solve a, find solutions to a problem. Like, that's some of, looking back on some of my classes I took, like, that's the real reason why we're taking those classes. Like, it's not, it's not like, oh, that assignment that we did, we're going to use it later on down in life. It's about training us and like making us learn and training our mindset at that, at that age to, go into real life situations and find ways to solve problems and find ways to think outside the box. And I feel like that kind of helped me a lot in like what I do on a day to day for my business. And even I even started in the first was like, how do I create a product that I can wear multiple ways, but it still looks cool. It's not like something like, Whoa, I don't want to wear that. Or, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like something like something that still looks like everyday shoe that you wear, but you can wear it in a different way or wear it in a multiple ways. Like, Thinking outside the box, right? That's one. But even when you even create or design that product, how do you create the product? How do you market it? And how do you like position yourself in the market that you're different from everybody else? But people want to know your product, even wear your product, right? And you know, just because there's so many different stones like, that are gonna get thrown at you every day when you create a business, right? You wake up this morning, it's this email or this person or whatever. It's like being creative and thinking outside the box and fixing problems and growing and 
step by step. And I feel like that going to school for engineering made me a lot, a lot outside, just molding my mind and molding who I am as a person, how I think, and just learning and giving me that, that zeal and that like, um, putting me that mindset to always like, you know, if I need to pull all like that to to do something, I, I'm used to it now. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I, I was able to learn that growing up. And I'm, I'm glad I did that in, in that way. But I didn't really, I'm not really using my engineering skill, my degree per se, but a lot of skills that 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 was acquired while mm. earning that degree, I can apply to different things in my life. Yeah, man, that's a, that's a beautiful response and a breakdown there. Because I think that's, at its core, that's what it should be about, right? And, you know, you mentioned about the the entrepreneur grind. And a lot of people throw that word now, like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. I've had this conversation with my buddy Mustafa in the past because he would say how in the beginning there was an, sort of a, not a negative stigma, but there was a stigma of uh, kind of would get brushed away, right? Like, oh, you're an entrepreneur. All right, yeah, whatever. Everyone's an entrepreneur. But you really are with with, with this shoe company and it's awesome I've, I, I've i've creeped on it i've looked at some of the stuff that you have and it's dope and i like the concept behind it and i i have some questions just as a whole too because i love these conversations because i get a lot out of them too as well as do the listeners what was the adjustment like going into a field that you didn't know like you said you never were in fashion and now you are and you've established something mm-hmm. so it's about Having an open mindset, right, and and having the the willingness to learn, and also learn from other people. Um, I said at the beginning, I had to kind of learn a lot of stuff myself, um, through Google, and if I had to even go back to school to get my my master's in marketing and fashion, because I because you can only do so much with what you can learn by yourself. Like I want to learn from other people that that's what they do. Um, learn from my classmates, learn, get a network of people that I can I can ask them for help, or they can introduce me to other people that I, you know I need help or whatever. So I myself or like like minded like minded people. So that's why I went back to school. So for me, I feel like um, just having an open mindset to want to learn about what I do and what I want to do has really helped me grow faster. Even now, like I'm working on a, on a project. Um, that it's been over a year and we haven't really launched a product yet. But it's still a fashion project, but um, me because going back to school and learning and signing myself with people in fashion has made me has brought the opportunity to me and 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 even doing what I'm doing finishes have made me learn a lot and that's why I'm doing that now. But yeah, it's about just having an open mindset and, and just trying to learn as much as you can. When you started your company, how long did it take for you to get that validation from people in the fashion world? Um, I feel like that's tough. I, I, I try not to like rely on validation because... I, I hear you. And I've, I've come around on that because that used to be my response too. And I don't want to phrase it as if you seek validation, mm-hmm. but also... It is rewarding that your thing is working. Right. It, it is absolutely rewarding to, to obviously to get validation from your peers or from people or some like editors or ma- or like magazines or whatever. But for me, this the true validation is is with the consumers. If the consumers are buying my products and really loving it, I don't really care about 
being validated by somebody else that designed a product or like you know the ogs of the fashion industry like if the bank is saying like okay yeah the bank is validating me and pe- and people buying my products then i'm i'm fine at some point they're gonna be like oh yeah this guy's you know it's it's been doing this for a while and like people love his product and they're gonna validate me but i'm not i don't i don't want to say like yo i'm after validation but if it comes you know great like i love it like it shows like i'm doing something great but like I feel like fashion is very tricky where like it's a it, it's a very tricky business to be mm-hmm. in. And the reason why I'm saying that is because like, ev- like everybody is fashionable in some way, right? You wear everybody has to wear clothes or whatever, shoes, you know. So the people that have been known in in the fashion space, like they they don't really throw around validation like that, you know, mm-hmm. and I get that, you know, they had to work really hard to be in that position. Is, it, is that role. something that's an ego thing? In, it's in, partly, in e- yes, it's partly ego. Definitely. Whereas like, if I have a shoe company, you have a shoe company, subconsciously, we're both competitors in, yeah, in, we're competitors. in a way. So it's weird, right? Because in, in, in this field with, with podcasts and, and, and content creating, I used to be that guy that was like, yo, fuck, man. Why is Dami getting all these opportunities where my shit is better? I used to be like that. It wasn't until I reconnected with my buddy Steven, who is a musician. He's a DJ, like a legit DJ, had a, a record deal with Sony. They they put out like EDM music. And man, I uh, we used to be like really close when we used to play soccer back in the day together. And then when I stopped playing soccer, he lived in Long Island. We kind of disconnected. And then fast forward a couple of years ago, he's a big soccer fan as well. He's a Manchester United fan. Oh, man. Oh, man. I know. I know. But uh, he, we reconnected. I got him on the show. I was like, dude, you know, it was the World Cup around 2018. Come on the show. You're doing your shit with your music. I love what you're doing. You know, we're both aspiring to do some cool things. Let's connect again. And then ever since then, we've been hanging out all the time. And it wasn't until I reconnected with him, man, where I would see how he would move with people in his industry. And he would be like... Yo, that's dope as hell that, you know, Dami's record just got picked up. Or like, he wasn't salty. Yeah. Um, and then, I hate to cut you off, and then when I changed my attitude towards that, mm-hmm. that's when shit started happening for me. Yeah, I feel like people that are in the, fa- in the fashion space are kind of weird. Like, they, I, I, I come outside fashion. Like, I didn't really grow up thinking, oh, I want to be a fashion designer. You sort of, that... Ad- oh, I kind of just adopted. Adopted, because, there you go. Because I'm an engineer, I'm like... Oh, like I'm a business. I'm a business person mm-hmm. as at my core. So being a, being working in fashion is like a it's a secondary thing to me. Like I'm a like I'm trying to get to the bag. I'm trying to create a company. I'm not I'm not in fashion to to go to fashion shows and like you know it's cool and whatever. Like I'm a I'm a I'm not an I'm a introvert. Is this is that is that yeah, the right yeah, way? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, and I'm gonna talk a lot more about that later and what and, and why I say that. But um, one thing that I realize in fashion, like we don't like I don't have to lose for you to win, right? Like we all can win. Like if I have if I have a shoe product or a shoe company, and you have a shoe company as well. There's so many different people out here that we can all solve as and be a customer. People can buy both of our shoes, but like I feel like a lot of fashion people don't really think about it like like that or like they um and which is why i'm actually trying what i'm trying to do now like be the opposite of that like try to find the new 
the the me like seven years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, the up and comer, collaborate right, and 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 give them uh, a roadmap of like, oh, you want to have your own shoe company? Like this is what you have to do. You can learn through my mistakes and learn. So now I'm working with. I'm even. I'm now working with like. Um, uh, I'm trying to work with like FIT and Parsons and like you know if you have like students that that are really interested in being an entrepreneur or being a fashion designer, like they can they can they, we can work together. I'm trying to create a space where people can come in and 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 learn. We can both learn from each other. So, um, right going back to what you said, I I don't know maybe because I'm just kind of like coming outside the fashion space. I don't really think that way. And I know a lot of people as well in the fashion space that don't think that way. I'm not saying everybody is, but there's a lot of people in that space that like they I feel like they make their ego kind of uh I feel like they have a lot of ego, I would say. Which I'm like, I don't really care. I just wanna do me and like just have a comfortable living and that's it. I don't care about the clout or whatever. Yeah, well, that that's just the the cloud and the the. I love what you said about like the bank account and like the consumer, because that's how I treat this too. Like, more and more p- people listen with every episode, you know, and, and like more and more eyes are becoming coming to the product. And my answer is, I think that everyone could win, because you don't need to have, like, dude, there are people that make you know, a nice chump of change off the thing that they're doing and they're comfortable with that and they're happy with that. And I don't think it's a bad thing to be content sometimes, but I also think that there's so much just available for people, whether it's now I'm talking in particular to to podcasting, right? Like there's over 1.5 million podcasts out there, but the thing that has helped me is like being consistent, you know, two episodes a week, you're going to get that regardless, unless it's an unforeseen event that takes place where, you know, like I had a recently about a month ago, a close buddy of mine passed away. I didn't put out an episode that, that week, you know, I only put out one cause I just wasn't in the mental state to be able to come in here yeah, and you know what I mean? Like that's an unforeseen situation that went down. But for the most part, man, I think, I think the that's why going back to Culture Hub, I really like what those guys are doing because it's all about the collaboration, you know? Like, I want people that listen to the show and hear your story to go and check out your website. If I could get just one person to buy something from your site, I feel like I've done a good job. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just like getting more people's eyes on the product. You had promoted something that you do on, on, on your show, uh, on your show, on your shoe account about like, you know, content creator today. You gave me a shout out. I loved it. I appreciated it. But that's that's really what it's all about, man, the collaboration, no matter what the field is, because in the end of the day, we're all in this entrepreneur space and social media is our bread and butter for as much as we want to say it's not like if it yeah. wasn't for social media, how do you get your your Definitely. marketing so, tactics? T- speaking about being like an introvert before. So like I'm the type of person like I want to just be in my own bubble and like being like I don't really want to post on social or whatever but i realized like now like i really have to like being someone that that owns a, a, a shoe company and trying to find new cards to new new consumer i need to position myself as a as an expert in that in that area and i need to post more and like interact with people share my ideas um even share my story but like naturally that's not who i am you know what i'm saying i kind of just have to remind myself every day to do that um in order for me to kind of grow what I'm trying to do. Um, obviously, there's different ways, but I feel like now being on social is very important. 
and can accelerate accelerate what you're doing very very well. Um, thinking about like seven eight years ago or even before the social era, there's a lot of things that like people do diff- things differently. But now the social, like it just help you grow your business. And I'm trying to do that now. You know, getting on getting on Instagram, real creating videos, creating content, whatever the case may be. Like it, it puts you it puts you in front of like consumers. It puts you in front of people that would likely buy your products or likely you know collaborate with you in some way even if they don't want buy or like like your like your instagram or like your post you know it grows your audience and with that audience you can there's a lot you can do with that and also like thinking about even outside of social as well you can also grow like email marketing and like because like email marketing is even more powerful than like social right because you literally have to go on instagram to see my post but if i have your email i can email you um if i have a new product if i have if i'm doing something new or even if I even leave finishes, like I have an email list of people that I, I can say, oh, this is my new uh, adventure. Or, like this is what, something I'm doing. So it's, it's even more important to actually go into like email marketing. And I, and I know I know a lot of people that have made um, like so much money from like having an audience and having an email mark, email list because, you know, you can easily email people every day. Or, oh, I have a new podcast job today. And like, you know, people can easily click on it and go directly to to your podcast or even if you start doing podcasting right you can say you're doing something else now you have an email list from like people that follow you from doing podcasts right you can transition that into the new thing you're doing so like i feel like i'm just i have to get out of my elements get out outside of my comfort zone to um to create content really because um it really does help my business um yeah so that i'm i'm trying to get into that now you know, Dami, there's something that I uh, started doing with the Patreon members where in the beginning I was sending out like weekly update emails and then I kind of fell off on that just because I got so consumed with everything. And then I started to look to move out. I moved into this place late October and, you know, my goal, it was funny. Someone sent me a video of me talking about how like at the end of 2020, my goal was to try to be in a new studio, like a studio setup, which is what we're in right now. But uh, it all happened because of COVID, right? Like COVID, it's weird because my nine to five family business is struggling, but my show is thriving. And I'm a part of a network, Blue Wire, where they help me get ads and they help promote the show. And it's really cool. And I'm really happy with them. And also the Patreon. So one of the perks that I was doing with Patreon, and I think after this conversation with you, I'm going to bring it back, man, about like the email marketing and sort of letting people know. Because what that was was a weekly update, like who the guests were going to be, what the layout of the show is going to be, anything new dropping. Is that, how, how different is email marketing from like social media marketing? I feel like you can use social to, um, to increase your email marketing, right? You have to kind of want ads, you know, give them something free for people to sign up and then like you can build your email to that. But with, with, with email marketing, the important thing is like, you're not spending any money to email these people, right? great point you have to kind of spend money to reach people now the way social is kind of set up like even if you post the content like so many people don't see it don't see it yeah like you have to want like instagram or facebook is built in a way like you have to run ads for people to really see your content right it's only people that interact with you all the time or like you're like close people that actually see your content even with like like even with like influencers with millions and millions of followers, the engagement rate is still like 
two, three percent. So it's like not everyone see your content, but with your email list. People are always going to check their emails, right? Do you wake, I'm sure you woke up this morning and you check your so email. It's it's become the first thing that I check. Right. So people check their email. So if like they're interested in, in your product and they follow you and they give you their email, um, I mean, like I try to email people like once every week, once every two weeks, you know, like, and with that, you can, you, you can monetize on that, right? That's, that's if you sell a product or you have a podcast, whatever it is that you're doing, you can always reach your consumers, the people that really truly follow you directly. Um, even because social always change, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, like, you, you remember Vine? Vine, you, yep. people had millions of followers on Vine. Now that platform is gone. So like, who knows what tomorrow might be? Like, Insta maybe two years from now, we might not have Instagram again. But you're always going to have your, your email list. It's always gonna be there, um, so it's about like it's a backup really, and it's even much better because you're not spending any money to reach your consumer. That's an absolute gem. That's that's true. Yeah, mass email list, and you have all the emails saved, and you can send them out. Yeah, you're right. No, I'm definitely gonna get back into that. There's something you mentioned before about like. Um, you know, the, the entrepreneur grind, I don't think it's a conversation I have with my buddy Mustafa, how it's not built for everybody. It's very draining. I saw on your Instagram story a couple of uh, days ago, it might have been like a week or so ago, where it was like well past midnight and you're like, oh, I'm going to pull an all nighter or whatnot. How many nights do you have like that? I feel like a lot. Um, so I even... Before COVID, I was I was doing Fini full time, and I still had like another job that I was doing. So like, at some point, I was like, I had like three, four jobs, and I never sleep. Like literally, I would sleep for like two hours every day, and like for months, and or, and I go on vacation, and like kind of relax, and come again and do the same thing. So for me, I'm kind of used to like just putting all the items and like just like getting shit done, and and. Um, uh, get shit done. That's right. my just get shit done, man. Because at the beginning of like being an entrepreneur, like some you know, sometimes your 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 business is not gonna pay the bills, you know. You have to find you have to, you know, have, have another job to pay for your bills and then work on your business, grind. And like uh, you know, just like everybody else, I was doing that. And now I'm like trying to transition myself into like, you know, focus full time on my on Finney. And I've and I have People now that work that work full time with me as well, try, trying to scale really, um, because if you scale, then we can reach more people, sell more products, you know, turn this into more business, open stores, you know, find ways to continue to grow. Uh, but you know, I had to kind of grind to get to this point where I'm able to do that. So even even now till now, I'm I'm still working on multiple projects, and um, working on multiple projects within finish shoes that still require me to pull an all-nighter and to require me to there's so many different day-to-day -day tasks or to to do a list that like it, it doesn't end like i have to get through so it's about like it's about dedication and like being passionate about what you do because i like i don't i'd rather like just do what i need to do than just sit there and, and play video game so i'm always on my grind 
Listen, I take offense to the video game comment because I like to play me some video <laughs> games too. But I hear you, dude. No, I do play video games a lot, actually. But sometimes I kind of just kind of focus in, you know what I'm saying, like, and get shit done. Like sometimes I just have like so many emails sitting there that I need to reply to. Because now I'm getting to the point where I'm, and I'm collaborating with like major brands and I'm doing so many different things. Like they, I, they, I owe them a level of... Um, a level of like concentration and a level of like yeah you know, focus and attention it right. needs to be a priority yeah absolutely i um you know it's funny that that setup you see over there to to the right of me to the left of anyone watching this video that's my twitch setup ah so i cool. used to i stream on twitch mm, give or take i don't do it as much now when i moved in here because dude it just got to a point where it was taking up way too much of my time but but it's a it's also a way to grow your following, right? It is, so it is. And it's also not really also over there with you know, you can make some money off gaming, but you I, I've been able to learn a lot more about the people that really like fuck with me. Like the fans that come and watch you play video mm -hmm. games and whatnot. A lot of them I was able to pick up momentum right away because I had a built in audience from the podcast. So when I told people I was streaming on Twitch and now what I do every now and then Again, the, the the ones that follow me on Twitch are like, no, you fucking don't. You don't do this anymore as much as you once did. But I would just turn it on and kind of just chat. You know, you sort of put a face to the username now and it becomes a little bit more intimate because it's live, you know, and they can interact with you like oh. that. I've never been on, on Twitch, so I don't know. It's don't it's know cool, it's man. Like. It's a very, it's probably, I think it's the most unique social media platform because it's basically you in front of a camera and there's a chat room that's live. Oh, okay. And then from there, they could watch you play video games. They could watch you just chat. They could watch you eat. Like, it's crazy. Some of the shit that people like and, and tune into. But with that, it, it just became more of a burden than it became enjoyable for me. So, like, how do people, like, did it, do you tell people what time you're going to go on? Yeah, like, the, the, the best way to do it is to be consistent just like anything else, right? So, just like, I'm going to be on 5 p.m. every day. Yes. So, you have, like, a stream schedule. Or, like, with me, I have a Discord where I let the people that are on my Discord, give or take, it's about 70, 80 people in there, both for the show and for my Twitch community. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to stream tonight pull up if you guys aren't doing anything promote it on social media also but when you do a one-off like me now it depends like i'll get 20 to 30 people to tune in but then when i'm more consistent i'll get 30 to 40 you know what i'm saying and you have a set schedule but then there are other times where like i might stream and there might be nine people in there it's because you're streaming once in a blue maybe the hours don't match right you do it in the morning as opposed to the night time so it all varies and depends but it's it's probably the most unique social media platform and i still think it's in its infancy as far as like how big twitch really could become because to some people it's sort of taboo it's oh you're just a gamer but it's like nah you know dj academics became bigger than what he was because of twitch you know he would go on there and he would review albums and mixtapes and you just like talk shit about it so it's a very different platform but the reason why i bring that up is i'm curious what your work-life balance is is there any Right now, it's just work, honestly. Um, you are a little lucky now because, like, you're not missing out on much, right? So, right. like, you could stay in on a Thursday night, Friday night because mm -hmm. you ain't really going nowhere. I feel like COVID really helped me kind of accelerate what I'm, everything I'm trying to do. Or, um, because I, honestly, like, the last nine months, I've been able to kind of focus on what I'm doing. 
um, focus like designing marketing strategy um, for Finnish shoes. And I'm also, I also have, uh, I'm also like creative strategy for another brand that we create an accessory line for them. So I'm also doing that job as well, where I'm working with designers and factories in Italy trying to create handbags. It's a luxury, it's a luxury product and should be out this year, hopefully. Um, so we were, you know, ba- bouncing back and forth ideas. Like, you know, you have to create authentic products that like that fits into this brand. So it was more of like, oh, what, what, what can we do? And like, we there's a lot that we had to kind of sit down and review and like discuss and like be creative as well. So being inside and like just kind of make me zero in and focus. So for the past few months honestly it's just been a lo- it's been work 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 for me because i'm trying to accomplish so much i'm building like the hq finish finishes hq as well in long island city right here so it's like i'm trying to do accomplish so much by myself i don't have a big team that work with me i have one person that work f- with me full time here I, I have like people that work around the world for like doing different stuff like PR people that work for me in India for like on the website. My graphic designer is in Portugal. Um, and there's some other people that do random things for me. But like physically, in in person, I only have one person with me. So there's so much we can do together. So it's mm-hmm. like, all right. Um, but honestly, I haven't, there's no, right now, hopefully in the next months, when like I have other people that do different tasks and I can I, I, and things are more like automated and I can have a lot more work ba- work life balance. I one the one thing like I always want to kind of do, which is what I'm doing is as well, is to have a really good work life balance. But I feel like it's tough at the beginning where you're trying to push put stuff together. Like kinda of have to kind of, kinda of just go for it and you might you might it might take you one year to kind of do this, but the next two years, you're just chilling, and like you're not really doing much. Everything's kind of like on autopilot. Um, for me, it's like the beginning of a lot of stuff that I'm trying to accomplish, and I'm just trying to still go go for it. Yeah, man, it's it's uh, an interesting dynamic. I, I think the real answer is that you might not be able to ever figure out a work life balance <laughs> because you care about your product so much. So same thing with me here. You know, I really. Dude, when I go on vacation, I act a fool. I I go crazy. I spend way more money than I should, but it's because I don't go anywhere. I don't do anything. You know how many times like my friends will cut my ass like, yo, bro, you're not coming out? Obviously now, different circumstances. But it's like, man, I've been to bars, I've I've went to clubs, and like the moment I get there, Dami, I'm just like, fuck, yo. I should have like should have stayed home. I should have edited something. <laughs> because it's just I feel like it's not my scene anymore. I'm just so in into like what i'm doing you mm-hmm. know and i have i've been lucky enough and pretty blessed with some of the people that i've crossed paths with like my buddy alex he does the graphics for the show he's in chicago a little bit like you where even the guys that are from new york and new jersey that help me with the show and do some editing like my buddy eric he does editing for the show where i send him the files and he'll get it done and uploads it on the youtube channel my friend dom same thing well dom lives in staten island he's about an hour away Eric lives in the middle of Jersey, about an hour and a half, two hours away. So usually what I try to do is, well, one thing that I'm trying to do now is that setup over there, I'm trying to link the cameras to the computer so I could avoid the jumping back and forth where I can have like an actual producer in the chair 
toggle back and forth on the camera where now it's I send the two files from the cameras with the audio from the mics. I line up everything and then it's just like jump cutting. Right. And together as a team, my buddy Taryn, he does the Facebook ads and he'll promote the show on Facebook or tweet it out on the links. And my friend Phil, he runs the Discord and the Patreon stuff. You know, someone signs up to the Patreon. Yo, Nick, Dami just signed up for the Patreon. He's in the $10 tier, whatever it is. Make sure Dami is getting all the shit that he is entitled to for being in the tier. So having a team to delegate things to, it's very important. Like one thing I really wanted to put an emphasis on in 2021 and moving forward is removing I and putting we. Because I'm going to get the credit because I'm the on-air talent. I'm on every episode. I'm... My name is on it. The name is attached to it, but you can't do it solo. Yeah, definitely. And which is what I'm, which is my next big thing now. It's like, I need to create a team around me or like pick people that align with what I'm trying to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, think about any, any big company, regardless of even if it's fashion or, or like tech you, you you need to have uh like you can do so much with the right team mm-hmm. with the right people like if you with one if you have one bad egg that could spoil you know the entire basket but if you are it's about picking the right people to work with me really and like I'm not really in a rush to to like oh I want to fill certain positions or like or filling certain seats of people I want to work with um which you know, it's a learning experience for me too, which is why I'm like, I'm signing off with like a couple of interns, see how things go. I, th- I think the best way to do it and what helped me, and obviously we're in a different field, but I think what helped me is I kind of would put out feelers of, hey, does anyone know how to edit? You know, and then people would send me like resumes also, which you know, I didn't really need your resume per se. I just needed to know if you can, if you're given a task and you get it done. And it sort of became just like word to mouth or... Everyone that's helping on the show are fans of the show. And, you know, I'm still not at the position where I could really pay them. But my buddy Alex from Chicago, first time we met was in Vegas. Told him, yo, fly out to Vegas. I'll take care of the hotel. I'll take care of... He didn't pay for anything when we went over there. He also doesn't like to gamble or drink. So it was very nice in my pockets. (laughs) I made sure that I made up for that. But... He's a big UFC fan. I'm a UFC fan. There was a UFC pay-per-view over there. I went and I did some networking and did some interviews while I was out there. And I was like, dude, yo, you give me your time. Anything I need, you hold me down. Let's make a weekend out of it. Okay. So that's that's like one way. My buddy Dom was going to intern somewhere because he's in the last year of college. So I tell him, I'm like, yo, use me. Use me as a resource. You know, like I've spoken to deans and to professors. Like, you know, and I'm going to hype them up because... That's the least that I could do since they're giving me their time. And it's sort of what's worked for me is selling people on the vision because also I lead by example. Like I never tell someone to do something I'm not willing to do. I feel like it's hypocritical. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I can't, if me and you were to work together, I'd be like, yo, Dami, you gotta, you gotta stay up till three in the morning, bro. And then I'm sleeping at eight. Yeah. So one thing I I also realized is. You know, by work, the guy, that, the person that work with me right now, it's like people bounce off your energy, right? So if they say like, oh, you're very passionate about this, like, yo, you're trying to do this, they see your, your reaction to everything, right? They say like, oh, it's like, 
it's he's really walking right they also do the same thing like people you know what i'm saying people like oh i can't just sit down and relax but if if i'm just chilling i'm just like i'm not doing anything it's gonna be doing it's not it's not gonna i'm gonna I'm not, it's not it's not gonna work as well you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying it's gonna chill the same way i'm chilling so like i feel like it's very important <laughs> for if you're trying to build a team to lead by example so people can emulate you um and i'm 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 blessed to be in a position where i can teach people a few things that i've learned uh people that want to you know do something like i want to do or something similar where i can you know i i know a lot of people i know i have network now people like you say oh this is what you need like you can talk to this person or this is what you do um and i'm just i'm just looking to see you know how i can help people and hopefully see what i can do for both of us you know like if someone is willing to learn and 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 apply those skills somewhere else then great because i can teach a lot and then they can apply those skills to make create their own company or even work in somebody somewhere else or gain a job somewhere else how uh, do you guys have like a place where you store all of your products you have yeah like a so warehouse? we have so though though the place in Long Island City, it's a combination of a warehouse slash office slash studio and a creative space. So it's like all in all, it's like one spot. So when you, what kind of, how does it feel walking into there? Because, man, one thing that I do is because I live here too, mm-hmm. right? I do my best to keep the craft and the personal separate. So what I'll do is... I'll keep my bedroom door closed when like I have an interview or a podcast scheduled. I have a lot of the show stuff in there and you came in there because I showed you like the hats and whatnot. Also, just to pick your brain about that. But then on the flip side, when I'm not doing a show, I keep this door closed. Because so like I don't want to I don't want to see it all the time because I want to be able to work life balance and have this little escape. But then when I do come on here and I turn on the lights, it's like. This is this is like my octagon, you right. know what I mean? Like this is my field. So how is that? Is that similar for you when you go in there like every time? Because I feel like if that's the answer, then well, for me it's like it's different. So it's <clears throat> it's just like work, really. So I have my desk. I have like I I, try, I create like an entertainment area where like you know I just gonna chill out, escape a little bit right. for a couple of hours, and or... even like if I wanna take meetings, people come in there and, and like wanna talk to me. And you can just sit on the couch, and, you know, have music in the background or TV or whatever. And it is a uh, and there's a uh, there's a studio like a photography studio that we create content, right? So at the beginning, I, I usually outsource um, put a photography. And you know, like it, be, it, be, it can really be expensive. It's like about twenty to twenty-five dollars per image. If you try, if for one shoe, if you're gonna take like, let's say like seven to ten image of one shoe, so I can end up spending like two hundred dollars on a shoe. But wait, why you you have to hire someone to do that? Yeah, you have to. I take it to, they, because there's like photo studios around the city that they, that they specialize in taking photo like product photography. But I, I I took all that back in house now, so I just bought the studio. That's gangsta. I love it. And they're like, so you cut one expense off, right? Because if if I'm if I'm gonna do it that way, and I'm releasing so much so many products in a year, let's say like I I between t-shirts and like shoes and do me a favor, just move the mic a little bit closer to you. Between t-shirts and shoes, and let's say I release like hundred products in a year, 
and I'm making and I'm doing like let's say average of five shots per product. That's five hundred sh- shots, mm. and then they charging me two hundred dollars per shots. That's like, dude, that's like ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars. But if I buy the studio myself, and there's a somebody that works with me that do any, anything I want to do, like if you shipping up, if if it's packing products, shipping up products, taking product photography. Um, you know, answering calls, emails, like he's there. Like I can, I can take that money and, you know, pay him. It goes towards his salary, but he also do all that task for me. Right. And I can also help other people and I can monetize on that and say, Oh, Oh, you have a shoe company or a clothing, co- uh, clothing company. I have a place that you could come in and you can, I can do your, your product photography for you. And I will charge you half of what normal person would charge you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, for me, it's like, okay, I don't want it's see and same quality, you know, or even better. Yeah, of course, because you're also using it too. So right. it's not like if, if if I'm on the outside looking in and I have a shoe company and I see that you have a successful company and you're doing it at your place and you're charging me less, what more there's there's nothing else you need to sell me on. Right. So exactly. So now it's about like same thing, like you said, like if I have people that want to learn and also want to start their own company, they have resources and stuff that they can use at my spot. Like they don't have to go find somewhere else to do a photo photography or do stuff. Like we have that in house. And also we have a, like a studio. We can even do like content, like, you know, models can come in and take content of our, with our products. Or we can even have other people that want to shoot content with their products come in there. Um, so it's about creating a creative environment, really, where people can actually walk and and post social content on socials and like, um, as the the place is almost done, it's about eighty percent done right now. Um, but so by the end of everything, I'm trying to have, I'm trying to have a, a space where people can collide and 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 be a creative community. That's dope, man. You know, it, it's funny you mentioned that because I I sort of had a similar experience when. I was looking for a studio space and the money that some of the studios in the city were charging because I lived in Long Island and it was hard for me to get guests to come all the way out there. So like for you, it would probably take you an hour from Long Island City to come out there on a Wednesday night. It's like, ah, yo, you know what? I can't do it. It's just the commute is too much. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it became a little bit of a burden for a lot of people to come out there. So. I'm asking around and I'm like, yo, you know, I need a place where I don't need to use your equipment. I kind of just need a room. Can I get just a room? Like, yeah, it's going to cost you X amount of money and, you know, per hour. And then I'm doing the math. It's like, oh, I need like $100 an episode. I do two a week, like $200. And that's with me using my own equipment, too. And then I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, I'm lucky enough to be making some money off ads and sponsors and downloads. And then. You know, with the, with the Patreon members, I'm like, yo, you know, I'm gonna be 30 in March. I feel like it's time for me to move out. Also, from my parents, you know, lived in my parents' basement. I have a great relationship with my parents. It wasn't one of those things. Where it was like, oh, I hate my parents. I need to get out. It was just like, COVID really jump started a little bit because I was eating, sleeping, shitting, working out, editing. Do I was doing everything in my basement. I was like, yo, I'm losing my mind in here because I have no escape. I couldn't go to the gym for two hours or whatnot. I couldn't do anything. So I'm like, yo, why don't I find a nice two-bedroom? I don't spend money anyway. Like, I don't have a car. I have a phone bill. That's about it. You know what I mean? And let me just double down and get my own studio. 
And now I have the luxury of what we're sitting in. I never have to take anything apart. Mm -hmm. The only thing I got to do is just put my phone there for when I'm recording and change the batteries. But besides that, the tripods are always in the same spot. The mics are always in the same spot. The lighting is always the same. It's good for consistency as well. You know, your audience can know what to expect. Yeah. And also it was, it's, it's sort of exceeded my expectations so far, as far as I knew that this was what was going to happen. Cause like, I could get cool people to come in like yourself. I could get anyone to come in just because it's it hits different when people come in person because I don't think we'd be able to have the same conversation if we were on the phone. I hate doing them on the phone. Yeah. Are there exceptions? Like, yeah, if I have an interview with an athlete and he's from California and he's a big guest, yeah, I'm going to do it over the phone. You know, I had uh, Dion Jones who plays for the Falcons and now we've sort of built a little bit of a relationship and we talk often. I had to do it because he's in Atlanta. You know what I mean? So it's it's basically, man, just doubling down on something that has a little bit of momentum. And this is all I care about doing anyway. So why not? Yeah. I like that. Because now you can, you have a, your own space. Like you can kind of, you, you can even be creative with it. Like, you know what I'm saying? You can invite anybody in you know, and play around with your own schedule i feel like that might not be the case in, in the other space that you're looking at yeah you know i people always ask me like hey when do you want me to come in whenever you want to come in because i'm you know you came at the time you came an hour before that i was at the gym but then i knew you were coming in so that luxury of having your own schedule is is, is tremendous for sure dude i want to start wrapping up a little bit um i uh i like everything that you're doing man it's really cool appreciate it yeah i want to collaborate with like a lot more creative people as well like even also like like my goal is to like offer creativity for um with different people across the spectrum so like same thing what nike is doing now where like they you know nike is about collaborating with like athletes right like i kind of want to go the the other route like my product it's about being creative and like the best way to to align myself with people that are creative it's like to collaborate with them it's like oh you have a you know you, you know let's put let's put your stamp on a finish you and see mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so like that for me that's that's really cool um and i i, I want to that's one thing i, I want to start doing now we've done a couple of of collaborations now and going forward you want to stay in that route where we collaborate with creative mindset and creative people in general so I nah, man, that's that that's there. dope. I'll uh, I'll do I'll do my best to connect you with some people. I know some people in this space, and it's cool, man. It's cool. I, I like I like what you're doing. I like uh, some of the products that you have also. And uh, yeah, man, this was uh, it was this was fun. Thanks for coming in here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Tell the people a little bit about where oh. they can. Oh, we got gifts. Yeah, I got a gift for you. Is it uh tequila? Cause everybody comes in here with uh, alcohol. Like I got you a pair of fini shoes and, and socks. Oh, look at this! Finally, someone that's not gonna make me be an alcoholic <laughs> on here. This is this is fire. I appreciate that. Fini socks. So I love the box presentation. Yeah. So I, the, the box oh, are recyclable and. Um, uh, we wanted to kind of the brand is a, it's it's also offering like the okay um, these these are fire because these are the ones that I saw yeah and these are these are lit I like a black like a black shoe and this 
You know what my favorite thing about this is, man? It I can wear it to a bar. I could wear it with a suit. Like right. there's many ways it's that you can wear this. Versatile use to it. Yeah. Man, this is awesome. Thank you so much, dude. I appreciate it. You listen. I'm very glad you you were able to like have me on the show. So the least I can do, you know, is to show you some love and bring some shoes to you. And listen, I, and I, go- I I don't like saying no to things that are free. There's <laughs> one thing you're gonna come to realize with me. I have a very strong. If we go to a oh, what is this? So the shoe comes in an attachment, so you can you can attach oh. uh, that piece on onto the shoe. Damn, this is fire. And that's what that's what uh, the brand's about. It's about versatility. So like, yeah, you can yeah, wear yeah. All our shoes in multiple ways. Damn, this is dope. I got I got some merch for you as well too. So I'm a, I'm gonna hook you up also. And, and I was saying before, like like all our products are produced in a sustainable, conscious way. So our factory in Portugal, um, the the factory is is very is one of the like the most sustainable factories. And uh, you know, with sourcing and the way they produce the product. Um, even down to the box, recyclable box, and we want to, like you know, be conscious of how we making products and what we putting out there in the world as well. So, damn. So it's Finny F I N I dot shoes. Yeah, that's the website, Finny dot shoes. And, and uh, what's like the Instagram? Give the Instagram, Instagram your Instagram as it's, well. Uh, Finny shoes at Finny shoes F I N I S H O E S, and my personal. Um, Instagram is badwine at badwine b a d w i n e. Damn man, this was uh, this was awesome. I, I love that we crossed paths, and uh, I wanna I wanna come by the warehouse one day. Yeah, definitely come by. Uh, I'm sure we we can get you into stu- into the photo studio, get you some shots. Oh man, leave you hyping me up. You know what I'm saying? I'll make sure I trim the eyebrows a little bit and look nice and sexy for that photo shoot. Yeah, and also it'd be a great space to like you know see the products as well, see like the behind the scenes of some of the stuff that we that we're working on. That's my favorite thing, man. I love the behind the scenes of things. Yeah, because yeah. because there's a lot that goes into everything. Definitely, there's a lot that goes into um, you know the creative process of like even how we design some of the colorways of our shoe, the new products that we're working on, um, you know some of like new like new collaborations that we're also working on. Like that takes time. Some of, some collaborations take like a year from like when you actually start working on it till they come out. So it's like a lot of different stuff. Like day to day of running a business and, and, and stuff like that. Well, I'll make sure that I have the handles for everything in the link of the episode. And yeah, everybody, check them out, man. The the show the shoes are dope. You guys know I don't be doing this for just about anything. That's another thing, man. Last thing before we sign off, uh, you develop a trust with your fan base. If you if you promote certain things like organically. Like you asked me about having a website for my merch. There is one, but not the merch that like you're going to get. That's more word to mouth, slide into my DMs for now. Eventually I want to get one, but it's all about subtle promotions. You know, that's something that's worked for me with the show when it comes to selling merch. And also with the merch, it's not so much to make a profit for me. It's more to like rep the shirt or the sweater and the hat to get more eyes on the product. So There's more that we'll chop it up as we uh, sign off here. But guys, thank you all for listening. As always, it's a pleasure. Dami, you're the man for pulling up, and thank you for the gift. And I'll catch you guys next time.
This dog off the leash and it's ready to kill. Homie, go finish your meal. I'm coming for real. Taking that food right off of your grill. Nicky too ill. Can't let it drop and me spill. Clogging the lane. I'm feeling the strain. I'm here for the spot to be filled. Not to be cocky, but all of you watching while I'm in the cup paying property bills. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.